When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Oscars Playback on the Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce and Joyce for the final time, even though Billy did not host this. It's a wonderful night for Oscar. Oscar, Oscar. Another edition of Oscars Playback, our last one, our last bonus one. Our last one for I guess 2022. Wow. Who knows? Who knows what, will Who knows what comes back? Maybe we'll, we'll come back in, in next year, but 2022, this is it. And we're doing the 2007 Oscars, the latest Oscars we've ever done. The year departed one best picture. And, you know, I gotta say, I did not have as much fun rewatching the clips for this one. And I think it's because it's too recent. I agree. I just, I, I just have a fresh memory of it. It was only 16 years ago. I like, I remember everything. I've rewatched a bunch of these clips. Like it's, it's just, it's not as fun as rewatching the nineties one when I was a child and my memory is hazier, even though I watched those ceremonies. hundred percent. I also think this is the, I mean, obviously, cause it is only like 16 years ago, the most modern, it felt like the most modern Oscars in that all the winners are pretty, even though Chris Connolly is on the ceremony being like, what a, look at all these upsets. He's got like a freaking abacus. And they have like, that would be like, now it would be like one of the, you know, like Scott or, or Clayton or, or Ann up on the Oscars, like with, a, with like going through their, their ballots. I mean, that like, they're, they, they like pulled in a lot of people like that, like from MTV, you know, to do yes. like all the, the side. It just felt uh, so modern and like, so all the winners were pretty expected, I thought. And then like the ceremony itself is. I don't know. It's just like, like I, I remember this entire ceremony, like crystal clear. So I was like, honestly, I was just like on my phone as the, the playlist was playing. And the other thing is the movie this year is, uh, I, I, here was my hot take on this when I was going through the list of movies and we'll talk about the movies first, like we do. And then the Oscars, there are, are, I would, I would estimate four movies from this year that I would say are four of my literal favorite movies of all time that I've seen countless times so many times the one is the departed obviously seen that movie i saw i think i saw the departed choice four times in the movie theater uh i saw it. it once in the theater and um i had to beg my friends to go see it with me wow so i'll tell you before we go through the list for my departed stories a i had no i never saw the original film uh in, infernal affairs infernal affairs right never saw that obviously knew about it but just never saw it so I went into the movie mostly cold, just based on the trailers, and I had no clue that they were going to literally murder uh, Leo in the movie. I just did not expect that. And it was like one of the most shocking things. And the movie theater that I saw it in the first time, it, the reaction from the crowd was literal shock. I, it's one of the rare occasions. It, the only other time I've experienced something like that in a movie theater was the very end of Uncut Gems when Adam Sandler dies. People were just not expecting it. I don't think they expected Leo to die and get shot in the face in that scene. So that was awesome. Okay, sure. Um, but also everyone dies, basically. Everyone dies, but I didn't know that was going to happen coming in. I don't think a lot of people did either, honestly. I just don't. I think the a lot of, uh, it's not like, 
most that, of that film like, audience. I have I hadn't seen the original either but that I don't know I, I feel like I'm just never really blown away by twists like that or right I guess it just was a that. twist to me because he was so clearly the most famous person in the movie. And you wow, rude to Matt and Jack. <laughs> he is though, it's Leo. Even though in funny bit in the in the opening of the Oscars, they do those Errol Morris short films. This I remember vividly because they had like him like doing all the nominees, this uh, ceremonies of celebration nominees. And Leo's question was basically like, how many times have you died in a movie? And he's like murdered or natural causes like four or five because he dies in Blood Diamond and Departed. Yeah, so why are you so shocked that he dies when he well, dies? Because those are two of the movies that came out that same year. So previously it was like when yeah, did but he like die? you know, he, he died in Titanic. That was really it though, right? I guess he's saying like Gangs of New York, but I don't think he dies in Gangs of New York, at least not at the but end. But like it's I don't know. I just like I, I'm just not really shocked by movie I'm telling you, the crowd I saw with in, in at Clearview Cinemas on 23rd Street was pretty shocked. Sure. I think that that's true for I think a lot of general audiences anyway. Cause sure. yeah. Uh, so that was great. Then I saw it four, three more times and I've seen the movie a hundred times. The other three movies that I would say I've seen millions of times, including last night, one is Inside Man, uh, just the best. Spike, un- unparalleled uh, Sydney Lumet ripoff, loved it so much. It's so entertaining. Saw it in the theater and then watched it a million times since on cable and DVD and everything else. Uh, Devil Wears Prada, wonderful theatrical experience, remains very watchable. I watched it again earlier this year. Love it so much. Devil Wears Prada is the greatest. I watch, so my three um, off repeated viewings of 2006 movies are The Departed, Devil Wears Prada, and The Holiday. So The Holiday almost made the list. Seen that a bunch, including every holiday choice. I love it so much. Uh, A great- It's the greatest. I love it. The the other one for me, and one I haven't seen a while, and you'll like roll your eyes, I'm sure, is uh, Children of Men, which I saw a hundred times when it came out. Why would I roll my eyes? I love because it's like so. I I don't rewatch it a lot, but because it's so typical that I would love it. Uh, It's so good. I just absolutely loved it so much. I remember seeing that in the theater, like by myself, because no one I had no one to go with, and I just was like, holy shit, this is amazing. I was blown away by that movie. It's a great film. They should have been nominated. Oh, so many nominations. And this it's is just, great... it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's not a rewatchable movie. That's the thing. And we're talking about what we watch all the time. Right. I, I, so. we watch children all the time, but not for like probably 15 years. Uh, that's it. The rest of these movies this year are not, not what you want. I would say, I just found this to be a very soft year. And I think that's indicative of, uh, the list of nominees that we ended up with and just the way it's remembered. And then I also think it hurts because, you know, like we've done, obviously we did a lot of the 90s years and all, like there was a lot of all-time great movie years. The year after this, I would say, is like an all-time great movie year, 2007, because you have uh, No Country for All Men and There Will Be Blood and, you know, like. Yeah, and then that's when like all the jokes were about like, oh, everything is about like murder. But that is a great year for movies. Like I think in the pantheon of all-time years, 2006 is just like, I mean, holy cow, here are the list of top grossing movies, Joyce. Tell me, let's see how much affinity we have for these. Uh, number one at the box office with a billion dollars worldwide, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, the second installment, the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. You mean Caribbean? Terrible. Um, I could not see that in the theater because I had uh, my wisdom teeth removed. I had two sessions and this was my second one. Just I want to say, uh, as a fan of the original Pirates movie, which the I really The first like, one is amazing. It's the 
like so great. Um, I'm not sure you missed out. I, I think the Wisdom Teeth might have been a better bang for your buck than the second Pirates movie. It was, um, yeah. So like my friend, like she invited me to go because she's like, oh, we're seeing it like on Friday. I'm like, I can't because I have <laughs> getting my wisdom teeth pulled. And then she's like, oh, but it'll, you'll be fine. I'm like, no, like, trust me. Cause like I already did like the other side of my mouth the week before and it was bad. And then it was actually bad because this time they found like a cyst underneath my wisdom tooth. Oh, and wow. then I know they, they were, they had to like send it in and they're like, oh, it's benign or whatever, but it, they were like digging into my gum. So they gave me even more anesthesia. Wow. So, so um, again, more entertaining, I think, than Pirates 2. I was just, I, I like on July 7th, I was just in bed. So, not a, not yeah. a great movie. That was a number I, I movie. I just remember because like I, my appointment was in the city. So I was just on the, the subway mm-hmm. going home and I was bleeding through the gauze. Oh <laughs> God, that's awful. It's awesome. Imagine now seeing somebody bleeding through their gods on, on the train, like in this COVID era. You just yeah, like, so that's my. Wrong here. Yeah, so I eventually saw it. I don't know, probably when it like aired on TV or yeah. something. But. I remember this is one where I was like disappointed because I thought the original was so great. It's so actually, you know, I really I have never seen any pirates after this one. So I've only seen the first two. I gotta tell you, Joyce, they only get worse. Uh, so, the third one gave me a no. migraine. You know me, like I'm not interested in continuing. You you are a completist and you go down with the ships. I will. I am one, happy to quit things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two is Da Vinci Code, another bad movie. Uh, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the book, which I read way before that. Book um, was really fun. Yeah. And the movie was not very fun, I didn't think. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do? Number three was Ice Age, The Meltdown, which is the sequel to ice age not can't say i saw this as a I grown man i did not see this so uh number four the box office casino royale you no know i have not seen that you have not seen any of the daniel craig bond movies i have to say this was a good one this was uh co-written also by paul haggis uh now fraud obviously for many reasons but this was a great time to be paul haggis crash won an oscar he wrote casino royale he wrote letters from iwo jima uh, okay also is, million dollar baby and million dollar baby which comes out as, which was the year before this right so it was two years before. two years before right yeah okay uh wow night at the museum another movie can't say i've seen these are the top movies in the box office it's a lot you know, different it's a, from the it's a very successful franchise sure uh cars wow cars got a lot of play this summer um because a lot of the the headlines and tweets about it were in relation to Lightyear's box office. Correct. Yeah. Uh, X-Men The Last Stand? We discussed this last week. We did. When we were talking about uh, the the year 2000 movies because the OG X-Men is one of my faves and X2 is an amazing sequel from 2003. What about X2? Not it. No. Not it is what it is. Brett Ratner returned to direct. We went from Brian Singer to Brett Ratner. Nothing wrong with any of these people anymore, right? Because um, Brian ditched this to do Superman Returns and took right. James Marsden with him. And that's why they killed off Cyclops. It's such a bad movie. I remember seeing this in the theater and just being like, holy cow, this is so bad. Yeah, and they just completely- Dark Phoenix, the, right? Yeah, the Dark Phoenix storyline. That was so bad. She deserved so much better. Uh, number- Number eight at the box office is a movie I actually love. It's the only, so far, the only one of these top grossing movies outside of Casino Royale that I think is good. Mission Impossible 3, uh, which has an iconic Philip Seymour Hoffman villain performance off Capote Oscar win. Amazing. Great, great turn. Um, yeah, okay. I did like this. I haven't seen this since it came out, probably. I watched it 
I, I watched it, I think, last summer. It's so much fun. It's actually really good. And this was like a weird one at the time because I think this was right around Tom Cruise couch jumping, right? Wasn't this the uh, Oprah stuff with Katie Holmes, I think? And it was like um, fraught yeah. that people were so, not going to yeah. want to see him in this. And, um, and he's also at the ceremony, so. Right. He gives a great... Uh, he yeah, this a, came out um, a couple weeks after Siri was born. So yes. Siri is uh, 16 years old now. So. And this is J.J. Abrams' first big, like, blockbuster movie. Uh, Superman Returns, movie you mentioned. Not a great movie, I would say. Not very well remembered. But Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey. Again, nothing wrong with these guys. And, uh, you know, Brandon Routh is Superman, sure. It, yeah. We're 16 years later, and Warner Brothers is still trying to figure out how to make a Superman movie that people want to see. Only the most iconic superhero character in the history of superheroes. They're, they're trying to figure out what kind of DC movie. Sure. They still haven't gotten there. Uh, and number they're 10. They're looking for their Kevin Feige. <laughs> number 10, Happy Feet. Uh, got George Miller an Oscar. Can't say I've ever seen this one either. <laughs> so. uh, I have not seen this one, but very happy for George Miller. So that's the top grossing movies. And then I wrote down some other ones, Joyce. Like I said, not a great year for movies. Uh, Inside Man, I mentioned. A movie that I think had a lot of hype that I've rewatched recently that just doesn't work is The Breakup. Do you remember this one with Jennifer Aniston? and That was like, Vaughn? All, it, the, the press around that was bigger because of them dating and stuff, you know, and obviously that was uh, right after um, she and Brad split. Right. Um, but I actually, the movie is way too long. But I like it because like they do break up. Like I remember a lot of people being disappointed that they don't get back together. And I, I like bittersweet endings and this is truthful. Like people break up and they don't get back together. It was, it's actually not, you know, it's funny. It's like, I rewatched it recently, maybe like last year, Peyton redirected actually from uh, of Bring It On fame. And uh, it's totally fine. It's not good, but it's like bad in a way that's interesting at least. <laughs> and I feel like nowadays movies aren't even, interestingly bad they're just bad it's so yeah like it's totally fine and I don't know if it's like super watchable but I think I don't think you're ever like I need to turn this off right like you'll see it through um and and yeah they could have shaved off a couple minutes there so other ones I wrote down Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift I can't say I'm the biggest fan of this but there has been obviously like a renewed uh this movie is good vibe in the last like five ten years um I think I've seen like for Fast and Furious films. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the biggest Fast and Furious person, honestly, but they're fine, sure. Uh, Devil Wears Prada, like you mentioned. I saw that one in the theater. Great movie. It's just, oh, it's so good. And so many amazing lines. Um, deserved so many more nominations. Uh, well, they mentioned many times uh, as I go dark here with my, my light. I don't know what happened there. Uh, I will mention it many times, Joyce. I love this movie. It is so watchable. It's just so good. I just also, also back then, um, uh, or maybe they still do it now. I don't know. But like E, the network would play this all the time. They yes. would play this and knocked up all the time. Yes. So I would just watch it. Right. Uh, what else did I write down here? Uh, Clerks 2. Big Clerks 2 fan choice? Uh, no. Not a good. Not not great. Uh, Clerks 3, though, coming out uh, in, the, in a week or so. I will say I've seen it. And that's all I'll say. Uh, the Lady in the Water. This is M. Night Shyamalan movie. I remember seeing this in the theater and not liking it. I did not see that. There's a critic character that gets brutally murdered, if I remember correctly. Bob Balaban plays the uh, the critic who dies. Love love a movie director taking out their, their yayas on critics. 
Uh, here's one that another has, has had a definitely a cult following Miami Vice, Joyce. You big Miami Vice guy? No, girl? I also did not see this one. Did not. Uh, you never saw Miami Vice at all? The show I've seen like yeah, episodes sure. of. This movie, no. Uh, good movie. I never was as obsessed with it as a lot of man heads are. But, you know, they, he's a fiend. Colin Farrell in this choice is a, a fiend for mojitos. Um, I, I like Colin Farrell. Um, he's made some interesting choices. What about mojitos? Are you a fan of those? I love mojitos too, yeah. They're good. Talladega Nights? I have not seen that in a really long time. Um, Same. But to me, it felt like this was the time when they were just trying to do more like Anchorman type of stuff. And I thought this was like kind of mid, but. This is a funny, this is a good year for uh, Sasha Baron Cohen because he has Talladega Nights and Borat was obviously yeah. the big comedy. I'm also not a big Borat person. Like I also didn't really like sure. Like this, this is like all of these, none of these movies are any that good. I mean. No, like, and like, and the thing is, is like the ones that I actually do like besides The Departed, Devil Wears Prada and The Holiday that I watch all the time. Like it's like guilty pleasure type of stuff that everyone, if I say it and like, snobs and like film tarot just like stuffed her nose at me like i i like just my luck Lindsay lohan yeah fine sure like it's a terrible movie yeah but i like it um the covenant starring multiple gossip girl stars including sebastian stan who is always mortified if you ever bring it up to his face wow i don't even i've never even but, seen the Covenant. wow rude i'm gonna um, google it right now yeah no it's great um yeah chase crawford's in it oh yeah it's Kish is in it Taylor Kitsch, yeah. Yeah, like these are terrible movies. Um, and what else is there that I wrote down? Um, Snakes on a Plane, which, you know, that was like a huge thing. I, oh, John I, Tucker I, Must Die, you know. Oh, that's a good one. Snakes yeah. on a Plane uh, was a huge thing. This is the first meme movie, I would think. Like it was like a movie that was like a meme. Yeah. That no one thought was going to be any good. And people like on the internet latched onto the idea that Samuel Jackson's in a movie with snakes on a plane so much so that they like had to recut it to make an R and also have him say, get these motherfucking snakes off my motherfucking plane. And that it's was also, not in the original. I don't think it's also just like a good title. Great title. Yeah. The movie is not good. It's like no. a total B movie, like not even it's a B movie. That's like trying to do like a nineties action movie that actually isn't very good. Uh, and I remember seeing it in the theater on opening night literally and people were sitting in the aisles that's how it packed it was and i don't think people were like it was just like oh i guess we don't really like this movie we memed it to death and we're excited about it, it and was, now it's, we're it's jokes not, on us you you saw it out of fomo that's what i felt like people were doing yeah just to say like they saw snakes on the plane it ended up being like a manufactured bad movie right where it's like you can't manufacture like people like seeing something because it's bad like cats Cats is a bad movie that's so strange and awful that like, it's like, holy cow, people really want to see this. Starring in multiple Oscar nominees from this year. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sticks Up Play was like, not that good. Uh, um, what else did yeah, you get? Uh, I got she, She's the Man with Amanda mm -hmm. Bynes and Channing Tatum. I great. love that movie. But of course, no one would ever mention it as a great film. No, but it's good. It's a watchable movie. Yeah, it's a watchable film. And, you know, Amanda Bynes, like, you know, obviously she's she's had some personal issues, but she she is a great comedian. So uh, I wrote down a couple others, two directors who kind of broke big and then come back. Marie Antoinette for Sofia Coppola. Uh, I like this movie. It just was not as good as like Lost in Translation for me. Yeah, I'm not like it's, you know, 
nowadays like people like to relitigate and be like you know she, she got screwed over back then like people were too harsh on her but I'm like I'm not in love with the movie either um Kiki I, I like she's good but I, I don't know if I would nominate her either no I think I wrote her down as like an alternate if we needed to but like not I, remember, I, I am perfectly not to like jump ahead but I am perfectly fine with that best actress lineup great best actress. <laughs> this is a great best actress here that was one of the things I wrote down too another one was The Fountain Darren Aronofsky uh big swing very sad saw it once in the theater I remember it was fraught it wasn't like Brad Pitt supposed to be involved in this and dropped out and then Hugh Jackman ended up in it uh not I don't love it but I know people are like obsessed with the fountain I feel like yeah there's a lot of fountain heads um that's good yeah and then Um, the last one I wrote down was the prestige which I enjoy really good movie so that's like I don't know I don't have a lot of other movies written down this is like like I, they, there are other movies I, I saw, like I saw Invincible because, so that came out at the end of August yes. and then I um, had just returned to college. So mm-hmm. just got back there. And then my friend like immediately was like, we have to go see Invincible. Like she loves these like uh, sports biopics type of stuff. And the, it's about, uh, it's about Vince Papal and uh, the Eagles uh, were a huge team. They were the home team basically. Um, where I went to school um so and I'm not a big Eagles fan so it was rough for me Who but be? I saw that it was when they won the Super Bowl I just had to like walk away from the TV so. <laughs> but the one yeah, year so I was I, like I let the that. Patriots win yeah and then I saw um a similar film uh We Are Marshall with love We Are Marshall friend. never saw that in the theater uh, but I saw it at the theater. <laughs> really, it's a real re- rewatchable movie. Uh, great Matthew Fox, like lost era Matthew Fox. Um, yeah, and then I saw uh, Rocky Balboa. Saw Rocky Balboa too, and actually totally really fine. enjoyed it. Yeah. And then, oh, oh, so here's one I had to review for my school paper because yeah. no one else wanted to do it. Running of Scissors. Wow. That was, I remember that was going to be like a big deal. Yeah, there was a lot of expectations about it and it was not great. And I was trying to, like, I was like asking my friends, like, who wants to see this with me? I have to review this movie. Um, You know, I could like expense the ticket and whatever. No one would have come with me. I was like, fine, I'll see it by myself. And I was like falling asleep during the film. Never even seen it. I remember it was like, that's a classic quote. This had Oscar buzz, not to, Mm -hmm. to talk about another podcast. But this is like, again, like 2007, if we were doing those movies, that's great. There's so many great movies. This year, not a lot of great movies. Like you said, oh, well, the there's holiday. also V for Vendetta, which a lot of people love, but I'm also just kind of like nay on. Yeah. So so that's like the year in movies. Then we 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 come into the Oscars. First of all, this may be the earliest one we've done. February 25th, 2007. Joyce, well, yeah, because they moved back to February in 2004. Uh Again, I, I have a lot of articles here about the, uh, it, it's a time of great consternation among the Academy and ABC as viewership has sagged a little bit. Uh, the previous year's ceremony was watched by about 40 million people, which again now would be like, holy cow, 40 million people watch the Oscars. And back then it was, uh, how do we get more people to watch the Oscars? And they ran, their, their, their campaign was, Gil Cates, take take a take a take a bath. You're out for now. Laura Ziskin's gonna produce, Spider-Man producer, and Ellen DeGeneres will host for the first time. And the way we'll promote this show is by reminding people of great movie quotes. And so there's a Times article about their Oscar campaign, and it says the lead is 
As another Oscar season gets underway, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences faces a conundrum. Is what we have here a failure to communicate or is it the beginning of a beautiful friendship? Joyce, those are movie quotes. I know. I distinctly remember the poster when they released it. It's just emblazoned with famous movie quotes. It's they like the whole... AFI 100 best quotes. <laughs> <laughs> they did, Spike Lee did a, uh, a commercial campaign where he had just regular New Yorkers like doing quotes. It's actually really funny. You could watch it. They uploaded it on the Oscars website. Oh, a few I, I remember all this again. Right. This is not that long ago. Not that long ago. <laughs> uh, so they are, here's, I'll give you some quotes here in this article, uh, how they're going to get more people to watch. Sid Gannis, who you might remember, loved uh, Belfast. In the past, we were relying on the glory of the Oscars to get people to watch, he said. We've come to learn that nothing totally promotes itself. And then he added, yes, we are the Oscars. Yes, we are the Academy Awards. But we're in the marketplace and everyone around us promotes. And then Michael Benson, who is the senior VP of marketing at ABC said, we still have event television on the air, but it gets increasingly difficult to tell people what's on. We want to get to the audience excited for the show and the entertainment value Ellen will bring to the show. And to do that, I guess this is me editorializing. We will just have old movie quotes. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, Gil Kate's not here, but they still had a theme. They had a theme, it was quotes. Yeah. Um, and the other thing was uh, nominees. They love nominees this year. They did. It, it opens with a um, montage of the nominees just talking about their nominations. So Errol Morris directed that. And it's like everyone from like Steven, Sp no, no, Steven Spielberg. Is he in the montage though? I thought he was. Is he in that montage? I don't know. Again, I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> Uh, whoever it's like Ryan Gosling's in it, Mark Wahlberg, you know, Leo's in it. And, and like, then alongside like other nominees from like below the line disciplines and nobody is given a, a nobody's given a, a, a Chiron. There are no Chirons. You just are watching them talk about their nominations. You, you're just supposed to know who they are. They're very, very famous people, household names, household names. Yeah. And they're big on like the idea that it is a incredibly diverse global uh, show this year because the nominees were Babel and like Dream Girls. And Letters from Iwo Jima. Letters from Iwo Jima. <laughs> so there's like a big thing. Uh, well, so, also uh, Pan's Labyrinth was a huge yes. thing. I love Pan's Labyrinth. Um, so, so the show ended up air, running three hours and 51 minutes, 18 minutes longer than the previous year when Crash was the best picture winner. Um, I, I remember this being very long. So do you, you want to know the thing about uh, the ceremony and why is monumental in my life? Yes. This is cool. the first ceremony that I worked. Wow. That I didn't just watch for fun because I like the Oscars. So I, um, so I graduated college early. Um, so my last semester was fall 2006. Okay. And my school also has winter commencements. So I already did the cap and gown thing in January. And then I was just freelancing at a bunch of places. Okay. So then um, I was at this uh, now defunct site and I asked the owner slash editor, like, hey, can I cover like awards, like the Globes and the Oscars and stuff? So she was like, sure. So I, I did all that. I did like predictions and I did like, you know, recaps of the ceremonies and everything. So this, I, I was like, you know, four hours. I had to wait for the fucking thing to end <laughs> to write about the departed winning best picture <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah uh i did not work this one but what was i doing at this time i guess i was i think i was freelancing and i probably was working at like a radio station during this era wow you didn't you didn't do a, a hit on the oscars 
No, I was like behind the scenes. I should have. I'm, I'm looking at this face for radio and voice. He's worried, obviously, too. Uh, so yeah, a lot of long ceremony. Only 39.9 million people watched. So oh, after right. all this, not 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 great uh, from a rating standpoint. The the quotes, the, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Did not get uh, a lot of people to to get hype for the the ceremony. And it only gets worse from there because there was 31 million people who watched the following year. So uh, not great, but again, way bigger than it, it only was gets previous. worse from there because it got it gets like 10 million now so <laughs> yes uh so that's how many people watch the nominees joyce this is so i i think this is in that article the times they're like all of a sudden they realize if the movies aren't really popular people aren't gonna watch that was what they took away and so this year's movie is not the most popular and like we said that top 10 at the box office is really rough from a quality standpoint uh and just from an award standpoint there's really not one movie there that would even be considered a best picture contender from that top 10. And so you're left with movies like The Departed uh, and Babel, Letters from Eugene, Little Miss Sunshine and The Queen. That was the best picture nominees. Uh, Dream Girls led all the movies though with eight nominations. Yeah, it's the first time the nomination leader is snubbed for best picture. Correct. Now, three or four, three of those were best song nominations. Is that yeah. Right? And so this is before they, they instituted the rule that a film can only submit a max two right. um, song uh, uh, submissions now. So had that already been in place, it would have gotten seven nominations and would have been tied with Babel as the nomination leader. So it wouldn't have this dubious honor. Right. And I think people would have maybe had, though I think, going into it there was the expectation that it was going to be like the big movie so here's what i i don't know if you recall this at all but this is what i recall yes. from uh early the year before so early 2006 before that year's oscar ceremony which was on march 5th because of the olympics um paramount was already mounting an oscar campaign for dream girls like yes. they were like i think they were still filming the movie and it was just full core press like releasing tidbits, inviting press to the set, showing them clips. And they had this like whole like showcase at Cannes too. And they brought out like Beyonce and uh, J-Hud obviously. So it, there was already like this huge expectation that it was, I don't know if it was going to win, but it was like, definitely it's going to be a huge player. It's going to be nominated. Yeah. Right? I remember not knowing, I, I, like it was not a movie. I had like, not something, I, not IP I was familiar with Joyce Dream Girls before uh, the movie. And then it, the hype machine was real. And I was like, this is going to be like the Oscar movie. We're in the era when like Chicago one, you know, I mean, like it was going to be like that yeah. kind of thing. And uh, not really a thing that happened at all. I don't know. It's, it's not weird because I also remember towards the, like the end of the year, end of 2006, when it was like gearing up to come out, there was still a lot of hype about it. And, and yeah. like, it got pretty good reviews and everything. Um, it didn't win any of the, the major critics prizes, which is also not surprising, but it won the Globe for musical or comedy, even right. though it's neither. <laughs> There's music in it. There's music in it, but it's not a musical. Um, it's not a musical like Chicago. Music is. makes the best medicine, Joyce, though. Or is it laughter? I don't know. Um, yeah, so like it was just like expected that Basically, it was expected that Dream Girls would be in there instead of Letters from Iwo Jima. Yes. So then, um, because, and that was like a latecomer because it was the companion film 
to flags of our fathers also right. by Clint. And this is just from the opposite perspective, from the Japanese perspective. And and Flags of Our Fathers is a movie that didn't really work. I don't no, think. and then Clint was like, can we just uh, move this up and yeah. release it? And it's this like, is actually the better film. It is, it's the better film. It is, and, and he was right, yeah. Yeah, and he got in. So this is an article after nominations. This was a, so nominations were on the 23rd of January, right? Yeah. So this article, is dated. Oh God, I just closed it. Okay. Uh, January 29th, 2007. So this is a, a, the headline, Dreamgirls banked on best picture and lost. Okay. So this is basically about like, how did it miss out on this nomination? And uh, Bill Condon, the director, there's quotes from him in here. He said, um, quote, I think Academy members just like the other movies better. So then this whole story is about uh, Paramount's campaign and like maybe is it too much or uh, and like why did it stumble and then this is a quote from tom pollock a producer um i don't see a reason to vote for or not to vote for a movie simply because it is a front runner and then he says there are six thousand people in the academy and they all have different opinions now it's closer to like ten thousand. and then this is a quote from uh, the Paramount president for worldwide marketing, Rob Moore. What is a quote, best picture? Uh, the category is in quote, most entertaining movie. Although I would argue The Departed is the most entertaining movie. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and it's also, I would like say the best movie of these five, you know, I think like The Queen and Letters from Iwo Jima are really good. Um, yeah, so this is just like a recap of everything it did. A year before its debut in theater, studio marketers had decided to sell the film with its bold musical numbers, a fictional treatment loosely based on the Rise of Supremes, blah, blah, blah. In 2005, Dreamgirls teaser trailers were attached to movies like The Producers. <laughs> um, and last February, Paramount was already inviting reporters to a cocktail party at the Orpheum Theater in downtown Los Angeles where scenes for the movie were shot. And then, uh, yeah, so then like the can stuff, Beyonce. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, so then another quote from Condon. Later on, people accuse us of the big hype thing, but people would see it and love it. I know the perception was we were coming on like a Mack truck. And then, oh, so they wouldn't discuss the marketing budget for it. <laughs> It's, it's uh, definitely high, I would yeah, say. Yeah, and then so that Paramount covered the usual basis in the awards campaign, for instance, by seeking to get as many Guild members as it could to early screenings. Mm -hmm. The movie's celebrity-packed premieres in New York and Los Angeles were popular events, but things stretched toward the extraordinary when Miss Hudson embarked on a 10-city publicity tour with screenings for patrons who paid $25 to attend. Um, so the price of a regular movie taken now. Yeah. So then, yeah, the campaign left the impression that this was an early frontrunner, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh my God. Okay. Oh, so another unforeseen hitch involved what some in Hollywood are calling the Clint plot twist. So this is about letters from Iwo Jima um, and how he asked for it to be moved up. Right. And then, uh, so then this ends with a quote from Condon. You are not entitled. It is a gift that sense that you deserve it is wacky. We were never going to win even if we were nominated. The money we would have spent on the campaign, the insane amount of money we saved, 
people spend like drunken sailors, you know? And that's it. I mean, I think what he said is right. People just like the other movies more, but it yeah. does show the dangers of being like an inorganic front runner. Right. Yeah. That's the problem. And then the, the, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you had The Departed, which had zero campaigning. So and that Departed, was an organic hit right. that people actually like. And yeah, sure, there was the Marty narrative, but this, I remember it came, it came out October 6th. Mm-hmm. And like, there was like no, it didn't do any festivals or anything. It was no. just, it just <clears throat> seemed like it was a commercial play. Yes. And obviously it was a box office success, but then it didn't do anything. It didn't have this huge campaign that like Dreamgirls did. And then it just sort of became like, oh, wow. Like people realized this is a great movie. And obviously Marty hasn't won yet. And then he started winning like critics prizes. Like even though the film wasn't winning best picture at like New York and LA, like he was winning, I think he won, let's see. So he won director at New York um, and NDR. And then Paul Greengrass won director at the other uh, LA and National Society. And then best picture went to United 93 in New York, Letters from Iwo Jima at LA, Pan's Labyrinth at National Society and Iwo Jima at uh, NBR. So like pretty split. And, but I think, again, it is like entertaining and it's also a great film. I think that's why, I mean, if I'm looking, hey, we could talk about this as we get in like to the nomination stuff. I think it, it only had five nominations. It won four yeah. and it lost Wahlberg. I would say it left like at least three or four nominations on the table that I would have had it in for. Oh yeah, that I for think sure. legitimately could have gotten, not just it's from an the, acting The fewest standpoint. nominations for Best Picture winner since Annie Hall, which also... And the fact of the matter is, like you said, it's just so it's so incredibly watchable, entertaining, and also great that it like it is so much better than these other movies. This is like a no-brainer that it would win to me. Yeah. And then so then here's an article after the Oscars. Um oh my god, is this the right one? I have so many, I have so many tabs. Too many tabs. Okay. I have have one from the Times. Okay, so this is from Reuters. The headline: The part at Oscars caused Hollywood to ponder hype because this is all about how I had no mm-hmm. campaign. Um, this is the lead. The success of Martin Scorsese's The Departed at the Oscars caused some Hollywood hang ringing on Monday over whether months of costly Oscar campaigning truly pays off. Because the other thing you have to remember is he did the whole circuit twice very recently for Gangs of New York, which yes. won nothing. And, Aviator. and the Aviator, which seemed like that was finally his ticket. And again, the Clint pl- plot twist at the end of Million Dollar Baby. Um, so yeah, so then, so this is a backstage after he won, he, uh, Marty said, um, I said on this one, let's just relax and make as good a film as we can. I was really trying to concentrate on the filmmaking. If this wasn't in the cards, it wasn't in the cards. So it's like, he just kind of accepted it. And we've talked about this before in previous years, like Goodfellas and everything, like, you know, like he, he doesn't make the type of movies that uh, the general academy, like, population or voters like gravitate towards you know and so it's like he's kind of like accepted that um and I think let's let's just not do the whole thing this time and see what happens and you could tell like I mean I love Martin Scorsese obviously he's like my favorite director and like all those I think Gangs of New York and and Aviator good movies like they're actually really good but like there's something the departed is so clearly the made by a guy who doesn't give a fuck cares so much but also doesn't care and it's just like I'm gonna make the best I'm just gonna have so much fun making this movie. Like that's what it feels like. It doesn't feel like calculate, like Gangs of New York was a movie right. he wanted to make for decades and finally got the chance to do. And it felt like a kind of movie that someone has been thinking about for a very long time and is like 
needs to like back off, right? Like sometimes you just need to like put the computer down and like stop. And Aviator definitely felt like, again, a movie that was like really good, but not one that he felt super passionate about. I think Michael Mann was going to make a Howard Hughes movie. And like, it just was like another movie that he's making. Again, great stuff in The Aviator. It's like really well done. The filmmaking is awesome. Obviously, Thelma Shoemaker won an Oscar for her editing. It's awesome. But the part is definitely just like, I want to have fun. Let's make a great movie. And that's what it is. It's a great movie. So much fun. And then like they... It's almost like when you don't want it, that makes people want to give it to you more. Yes. And it's the like, fact I don't is, not thirsty for it at all. Like we talked about this previously in a few of these. I do think that it's a like, I don't know what the narrative is, honestly, but I'm like, it's fine to me that he has an Oscar for The Departed. The Departed is one of his best movies. It's so, it's maybe not as good as yeah, like it is. It's a makeup Oscar in a sense that he had never won before this. But right. I also think this is a word, worthy film for him to win for. Yes. It's not like, scent of a woman yes and it's just a great movie and i mean it helps that none of these other movies are that great and there's no one else who could really win right like because clint had just won they're not going to go back to clint inari 2 is going to win two after this uh and also i'll be honest i'm not a Babel person so so i remember seeing Babel in the theater i remember i think i went to like film forum to see it and i was not into it at all and i've never seen it again and I actually well, yeah, want to watch it. So of the Best Picture nominees, I've only rewatched The Departed. <laughs> I rewatched Little Miss Sunshine actually recently and it does hold up. It's very much of its time. It feels so much like a Bush era comedy. There's I a lot was of anxiety. not into that. Like I totally get why people found a charming and fell in love with it. And its greatest asset is the acting. The performances really carry the movie. Yeah. But the there are a lot of issues with the film itself and the writing too the it's just a little a little sitcom-y it's it, it just feels very yeah it's like it's like set up ish like there's a lot of setups and like a lot of cliches and then like a lot of the plot machinations it just feels like oh we're doing this to like so you could have this like moment yeah. and it doesn't really explain a lot of it and i mean i like yeah, it's, i like it's, again it's one of those movies where like in the moment it's like entertaining but if you think about it too much it falls apart yeah i mean like i said when i rewatched it i totally enjoyed it it's actually really watchable and like you said the best part is the cast and everyone's awesome in it actually they're really fun yeah, it's a great it's a ensemble great and it, it yeah deserves that ensemble win it um, did that sag win was really good for it um so before we get into the rest of the, like redoing these categories so this uh ellen is the host uh she comes out, they do the Errol Morris documentary. I think they said there was 177 nominees in the auditorium, a self-proclaimed record of nominees. Inari too, in his little documentary is like checking off all his nominations. And it's like, LOL, I have like so many, I don't even know what to do. It's too many nominations. And it was because he didn't win any of these, right? So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but now he has the most of the three yes. amigos. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And he could win again this year, I guess, for, for Bardo. Um, one of the things I noticed, here's what I wrote down. Ellen comes out and she's like, we're celebrating the nominees. And it's about a five minute monologue that is completely and totally pitched to the room. There's not a lot of jokes. It's all like common. It's all like talking to the nominees and the attendees. But that's, and celebrities. that's her thing. And that's her thing. And I guess that's why she's so liked as a host. But I was like, as a viewer, I was just like, Billy's, I'd rather have Billy up there cracking jokes about like, you know, who's running Paramount than Ellen being like, Hey, we we're all famous here. Haha. Ha. I mean, that's that's like she did the same thing when she did it again in 2014. Yeah, she did. Which I and, think and like that was these... obviously her more successful stint. Right. 
and a lot of viral stint too. bits are it's funny because a lot of the bits she does in this are like precursors to the oh yeah no when she did the selfie in 2014 i was like she she had the actual digital camera in 2007 for clint did digital camera with clint and made uh clint eastwood take i mean uh, steven spielberg take the picture then she gives yeah, she martin, was gonna she was gonna post it on her myspace she gives martin scorsese a script and he has to take part of this bit she vacuums the front row which is pretty funny uh here was one joke that made me laugh because i was like times have changed and yet they haven't and obviously i'm not trying whatever but this made me laugh jennifer hudson was on american idol america didn't vote for her and he, she's here with an oscar nomination and then Al Gore is here. America did vote for him and everybody laughs because he won the popular vote but lost the election. And a lot of this ceremony ends up being like the runner of whether Al Gore is uh, going to announce he's running for president in 2008. Yeah, that was like the whole thing. Obviously, for, he was there for an inconvenient truth. They didn't actually win an Oscar because he- didn't. He holds the Oscar and gives a speech yeah. though. No, yeah, I, I distinctly remember this. <laughs> and then he does a whole- um, thing with leo because they talk about how the ceremony is going green yes and then a very extended bit with him um amping up preambling to announce something and then the music cuts him off but the that i mean that would say that was probably like her like ellen's biggest joke the the voting thing and then it's also funny because she eventually became a judge on american idol yes uh <laughs> They also, again, this is like, I love when the Oscars are patting themselves on their back for no reason. Such diversity in the room. A year, there's been so many negative things said about people's race, religion, and sexual orientation, she says. I just don't look at this ceremony as incredibly uh, diverse, I guess. I don't know. Well, her her joke was she named a bunch of people and yes. then she it ended with Steve Carell. Yes, that's, that's true. Good. But there they were multiple um, Black nominees and actors. Right. So that was that was the, the big headline. Right. It's just the movies that are nominated are like, I mean, Babel is like an international feel. I guess that's also true. And Letter yeah, from England. and Iwo Jima. <laughs> and, uh, and the Queen is from England. It's, right, it's that's white diverse. people. Yeah, that's definitely diverse, right? It's we from love England. The, love the Queen. Uh, so that's the opening. I don't know. I thought her, I, like I said, I don't mind Ellen. And I thought she her 2014s, Stint was really good. I think that's a good Oscars and she's really funny. And this one I felt like is like a dry run of that. Not as good. That was my takeaway. It, it was, yeah, it's totally fine. Cause she doesn't, she's not a Billy type of host, which is completely fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was, that's her shtick. Um, so. The other thing they did is, uh, I, I think they mentioned this in one of the articles I read that Laura, Laura Ziskin wanted to spread the, spread out when they were giving the real, the, the major awards. And so, I, I think there are six there was six awards, the opening like documentary thing that's five minutes, her monologue, and they do this extended song and dance thing with Will Ferrell, Jack Black, and John C. Riley about comedy and how it's disrespected. Yeah. All of that before they give out the first acting award. It had to be an hour plus into the show before they're giving out uh, best supporting actor. Yeah, and now they typically open with one of the supporting categories. And in the past, I feel like they did that too. This is just yeah. like, this is just, they wanted well, to try it's something also different. interesting because usually when they want to spread out the major awards like that, they would present um, best actress, like one of the leading categories, um, not towards the end, like more towards like maybe like two thirds of the way through, which is what happens the following year. They give out best actress, like in the middle, Forrest yes. Whitaker just comes out, gives it to Marion yes. Cotillard. Um, and there's like an hour and a half left, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
and yeah, like sometimes it's like maybe it's like two crafts categories before an acting award. But yeah, this one they they waited a long time. Not it doesn't not not the most. I would say the the pacing maybe could have used a little a little tweak. Um, so let's do this. so best picture like we said. Those are the nominees. Departed Babel, Letters from Ujima, Little Miss Sunshine, The Queen. Departed obviously wins. No no doubt. No complaints. Uh, I wrote down. And, some and so then the the thing is like a lot. I remember a lot of predictions back then. Not, like not being sure like everyone was sure that like marty will finally win but people like some people thought it could still be a split but like as soon as like dream girl like i never thought dream girls was winning but like when it was uh snubbed from best picture i was like oh the part is definitely winning so little miss sunshine won a screen actors guild award so i think that had like a little enthusiasm certainly like coda style but again the part is more entertaining than little miss you know what i mean like i think in the world like Coda versus Power of the Dog. You could see worldwide Coda gets the in, the the ball rolling and the enthusiasm, but like Departed is like way more entertaining than, than Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, and it's also like it it just Little Miss Sunshine just felt like it was just too slight. Yeah, for it. And and what else would have won? I guess Letters from Iwo Jima maybe could have won. That was that's what a, a lot of. Um, or like some predictions were like like another Clint you know upset just at the end right you know but I think like you know it's I it's a great film um like I think people thought that that might appeal to like the the snobby members right you know because it's more like highfalutin um yeah like I don't think the queen was winning Babel like no <laughs> no I it won the globe it. um it won the globe and it one at con uh in already to one best director but no uh so i had a list of extra movies and tell me this was tough honestly so pan's labyrinth i think would have easily gotten in a 10 if it was a 10 um okay well like dream girls would obviously get in and dream girls would obviously get in so those are the two i have dream I girls have. pan's labyrinth um i also did children of men because i just love that movie so i didn't do it because i don't think it would have gotten in but i would i appreciate I, I i approve of that pick but i did not have it in the other ones i had were united 93 yeah and then borat and blood diamond i wouldn't do borat but i would do blood diamond because i got five so what would you put in instead children men um and i would um do no it's on a scandal okay <laughs> I had that written down as my extra. I had notes on a scandal and children. I love notes on a scandal. And then I had uh, Devil Wears Prada and Last King of Scotland. Uh, I don't think Last King of Scotland would have gotten. Well, I think it could have because in a field of ten with like an acting like an acting win, it could get in. That was its only nomination. But I think it should have gotten more. Honestly, it could have gotten more. But like they, it didn't get more because they don't care about it. It was just like all about. I guess I don't know. I think. Yeah, but I think in a field of ten, it could have gotten in. I don't, I didn't have it in, but I think it could have at least been mentioned. Uh, that's it just, a weak... it just never took off anywhere else except for him. That is a weak field. Yeah, like I, I would love, like I wrote down that was Prada too. Um, I don't think it would actually get in, but it deserves to get in. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I also think... Little Children, which I love. I put Little Children on my alternate list too. I don't think it would get in. Borat, I put on there because it was a cultural phenomenon, and I think it could have gotten in. Blood Diamond I... would be one of the weakest best picture nominees in the history of movies it's it's just like i do not care for that movie at it's, all. it's only it's not even a bad movie it's totally fine but it's like 
has an airplane movie ever gotten nominated for best picture i guess so i don't know it just feels like very very slight and it didn't happen obviously but i think it would have like you said have five nominations so i think it actually would have in a field of 10 it's yeah i mean and then there's also you know like the other films that got multiple nominations like it's like apocalypto <laughs> apocalypto maybe would have gotten in mel gibson <laughs> sure uh I don't know though. What a rough list. Uh, so departed, best picture, congratulations. And best director, Joyce, uh, like we said. So it matched up almost. Scorsese, Inari to Clint for Iwo Jima, Stephen Frears, who is called Stephen Fears, I think by uh, George Lucas reading off the nominations or it was a Francis Ford Coppola, I forget when they read it off the noms, but that made me laugh, Stephen Fears. And, and Paul Greengrass for United 93. Pretty solid list of filmmakers. Marty winning, the obviously. Snubbies were Valerie Ferris and Jonathan Dayton. So that would have been next. And then I said Alfonso Coran for Children of Men. I mean, that I would I have, absolutely I have, put him Yeah, in. I have Alfonso and then I have Guillermo del Toro for Pan's Labyrinth. Um, so I think if I was doing this again, both Guillermo and Coran would get in and Scorsese, that's three, Inari two, and probably Clint, I guess. I mean, I would drop... And Yachty too, because I just I'll, I'll take his buddies over him. I mean, he's definitely the third of the three based on their movies. Like that, that like his movie is just um um I get the more like serious one. Yeah, I also would personally put Spike in for Inside Man. I think it's just an amazing movie. It's so good, very underrated. Spike directing, it's just so good. It's also um, funny because even though people were expecting um, Dreamgirls to get the, the picture nomination, like no one was really talking about Bill Condon. He got in at a DGA, but it's It like, never felt like he was a serious contender. Yeah, like I felt like even if Dreamgirls got the best picture nomination, no one would have been like, oh my gosh, like Bill Condon was snubbed from director, right. you know? I think if it was now- I definitely think that Koran and Gilt del Toro would get nominated. Like if it was this Academy now and like the way those movies were received, I feel like they would have gotten in. Um, yeah, I don't know about both of them, but I can see what, I mean, like, especially like Pan's Labyrinth. It's also crazy that Pan's Labyrinth didn't even win. Um, then known was, as a foreign language film. <laughs> I was hoping you could explain how that happened. That's, I was just shocked even anew when it doesn't win. Lives of others win. Like just imagine being them like like they they think they have it in the bag well i mean we haven't we've done a lot of these oscars we haven't ever seen anything like that in the ones we've done where the movie so has, i guess so pan's labyrinth has had six nominations six nominations it wins three, three. yes but not that's not um, best internet or foreign language film at the time yeah and the, to be fair the lives of others great film from yes Europe. uh but yeah everyone was like I, like the lives of others like they definitely did not think it's a Florian uncle uh von Donnerschmack um he he did uh uh never look away recently yes um and uh and also uh the tourist but he, he definitely was not thinking he was gonna win I think it was maybe people were thinking like oh it like Pan's Labyrinth is a lock it, it felt like maybe that and then I don't know but right. then I was thinking like that's the same thing with Parasite, but maybe they, it's just like they love Parasite more because, you know, obviously it ended up winning Best Picture. And then like they were just going to vote for it there in, in like you know, international film too. But 
um yeah it's like yeah it was it's it's wild very strange <laughs> uh so that's best director so best actor choice uh forrest whitaker wins for the last king of scotland the other nominees here are leonardo dicaprio for blood diamond ryan gosling for half nelson uh, i love half nelson i think this is a great movie Love half nelson yeah. really good uh peter o'toole for the movie venus and will smith uh, for the pursuit of happiness whatever happened to will smith joyce you know i don't know but you know i saw the pursuit of happiness with my mom um like opening weekend and that was like the opening like because i just uh moved moved back home after my last semester of college and then my mom was like let's go see this movie i was like okay <laughs> uh, um yeah so that was uh, will smith's uh, second nomination so I have notes on this category. I think I would flip in a lot of different people. Uh, so I'll start here. Leo for Departed. He was a supporting actor nominee, I think, at SAG. Is that right? So obviously, they you can't be nominated at the Oscars twice uh, in, the in the same category as an actor. Yes. So he had two films. So the campaign for The Departed was that he would go supporting since they, they could like fudge that argument that, you know, Matt Damon is the lead and he's supporting, um, like fraud him in there. So, and cause he's clearly the lead in Blood Diamond. Yes. And then at SAG, you have to submit for your category and they have to vote like according to that. So they submitted him at SAG and supporting. So they voted for him in supporting, but as we know at the Oscars, you don't have to follow any, any studios campaign. You can vote for actors wherever they, wherever you want. Sure. But uh, it's still weird to me that they voted for him. I guess maybe he split his vote between lead and actor or lead and supporting for The Departed. But I'm just like, The Departed is clearly the better performance than it, his performance in yes. Blood Diamond. Mm -hmm. And you guys clearly love The Departed as well. Um, the Departed should have gotten a lot more acting nominations, first of all. And I would say this is his best performance of his career. Okay, so we yeah. can talk about I my I was thinking this and I think it's I don't know if it's his best because I would say to me I would rank Wolf of Wall Street, this and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like all on the same row. He I mean he needs to do more comedy. And I think Wolf of Wall Street is his best, but I think this maybe is better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think this is so he's just so good. And the line readings he has. Are... He's, he's so yeah i think he just does more oh. with this character even though the his performances and the other two are more entertaining this is the other thing about him that i think is and again goes back to like let's just have fun and effort like leo i love leo as an actor he's like definitely one of my favorites but in those movies that we're talking about like aviator and gangs of new york are so calculated and the performances feel almost stiff because he's like so obviously yeah i am not into him and aviator and this, again, totally freed up where he's just having a goddamn blast and like is so wired and is just like unhinged. That's why he needs to do more comedy. Like this is the, in the part, he's not inherently comedic. No, but, but it's very it's funny. Like, yeah, like it's very live wire. Live wire. He's just great. So I would put Leo in and I would put Matt in. I think I, Matt I, and I would, Departed. Matt, Matt also needs more acting nominations. <laughs> so Matt is Departed is one of the great villains, just such a sniveling weasel. I love him so much in it. It's just an amazing performance. I think, I actually think this is his best performance. I think it's better than Google Hunting. Um, yeah. So I'd have Leo yeah, and Matt for Departed. 
I'd have Gosling for Half Nelson. I think it's a great, incredible performance. And then I want to stick Clive Owen in for Children of Men. Because I, so I thought he was fine, but I, I would not nominate him. And then Denzel for Inside Man. I would just move everybody out and just have all new nominees, basically. So the only other name uh, I put down was James McAvoy for The Last King of Scotland instead of Forrest Whitaker. Because wow. James McAvoy is the actual lead of this movie. So I have him frauded in supporting and I think he should have gotten no. nominated there. Yeah. But he got, he got the BAFTA nomination supporting and it's like completely ridiculous. So a couple months ago, uh, or like during like last Oscar season, I was talking about this with my friend because we, we were talking about like how like Will was going to win. Um, and then he was asking when was his... Uh, when were his other nominations it was like mm-hmm. his last one was pursuit of happiness and he was like who did he lose to and i said forrest whitaker and he was like for what is that the last king of scotland and he was like in lead actor like he's supporting and then he was like wait was james mcavoy nominated i was like no he no. was not nominated anywhere but and he was like but he's the lead i was like i yes. know I know. And so I looked and went to um, Screen Time Central, which is a uh, Matthew Stewart's site. He uh, times performances, as I'm sure uh, most people know. So Forrest Whitaker in The Last King of Scotland. He is in the movie for 42 minutes and 34 seconds. That amounts to 34.63% of the film. James McAvoy is in the film for an hour and 26 minutes and six seconds. Amazing. That amounts to 70.05% of the film. It's amazing. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, so yeah. Not the other person. I, mean, I, I probably now... understand why they did what they did. And like it, it's it's like similar to you know uh Anthony Hopkins, who's not in that's what it feels like, certainly. Lot. Yeah. Um like the whole thing felt like, like that. Yeah, it's a very imposing figure villain, but the difference is that like they never like sure he was never in direct competition with Jodie Foster, but it's not like they try to fraud Jodie Foster into supporting. Right. Uh, the other person I wrote down, Sasha Baron Cohen for Borat. Never would happen, but I think you can make the case. Sure. Uh, so who would, of the nominees, who do you think should have won? Um, I would give it to Ryan. Me too. It's a great performance. I love that movie so much. Uh, I would have nominated uh, Anthony Mackie in supporting, maybe. He's so good as well. Um, I don't know about Mackie, but I would. I have Sharika Epps in my supporting. And Sharika Epps definitely in mine as well. I love this movie. It's really good. This was my first like exposure to Gosling, I think, maybe. What? I mean, what else was he in at before this? Um, when was the note? Well, he he did a lot of... Did you did you miss him in all like the Mickey Mouse Club? I did. I was, too, I was too old for that. Wow. So. Um, he was in Murder by Numbers. That's when he and uh, Sandra Bullock started dating. So Notebook, I okay. So Notebook was 2004. So I was exposed to him for Notebook, but then I was like, oh, he's actually a real actor in Half Nelson. Wow, so rude. But now he's one of my favorites, including in The Great Man, Joyce, which I love, and he's no. great in. No, he's the great man for The Great Man. Yeah. Uh, best Actress Helen Mirren wins for The Queen. She holds up the Oscar like this. Uh, Penelope um, Cruz for yeah. Volver, Judy Dench for Nolts and a Scandal, Meryl Streep for Devil Wears Prada, Kate Winslet for Little Children. Like you had said, amazing lineup of best actresses. This is awesome. Love this category. Yeah, this is an iconic lineup. All yes. of these people have Oscars now. Yes. And Kate and Penelope won theirs in the same year. Yes. Two years later. 
Um, so yeah, I don't have issues with this lineup at all. Did you even come up with extras to even think about? Um, I wrote down Tony Collette for Little Miss Sunshine because I did enjoy, like I, I enjoyed the performances in Little Miss Sunshine. Um, would I have nominated her? No. no not over these. The other, I also wrote down Ivana Baccaro for Pan's Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she would have gone in. And I have Anne Hathaway for Devil Wears Prada. I love her in the movie. I do. Yeah, she, it's, it's the, it's a good performance, but it's yeah. n- never going to be the type of performance that would get nominated. No, but she's great in it and deserved like a little kudos. I think she's awesome in it. I would have not, I, w- I will have nominated a, a supporting actress in that movie uh, later. I think here. everyone would have. So that's not a tease. Uh, <laughs> so Helamira wins. Any, any objections to Helamira winning? No, it's the queen. She's the queen. No, it's, yeah. So like she and Forrest swept the whole season. Yes. Um, so the, they were very boring races, but it was just, I think she is so good in the queen though. Like I don't have any issues with that win. Um, and yeah. it's also funny because I remember watching it live and because, you know, they show, they have like cameras on all the nominees and she's like looking down and I'm like, oh, does she think she's going to lose? Like She's like so nervous because she's not she's even a great actress. Straight. She's a great actress. That's why. Yeah. She not, doesn't think she's going to lose. She knew she was going to win. She's performing. Well, I mean, you never know. No, please. She knew. Come on. They're not going to lose. Who's going to win? Like she was winning, but she's just like, you could tell she was nervous. Uh. Briefly here on Kate Winslet and Little Children. Great movie, Little Children. Todd Field I back this year with uh, Tar. Uh, Kate is awesome in Little Children. It's great. She rolls. Love Kate. Yeah, it's just, it's just annoying when she, because, you know, she hadn't won yet at this point. And it's right. like, oh, she could win for this, but I know she's not winning. So it was just like, she's racking up these nominations for great performances. Um, and then she wins for the reader. And yeah, and like also like Judy Dench. I, was, I know it's on a scandal. I just, it's so, it's just like, I love the melodrama of it. Really fun. It's a really good movie. <laughs> and just to see like Judy and Kate Blanchett face off like that. Ugh, so, so good. good. Uh, supporting actor Joyce. This was a fraught one. Obviously, it went down in infamy for a bunch of reasons. But Alan Arkin wins for Little Miss Sunshine. The other nominees are Jackie Earl Haley for Little Children, Jaiman Hansu for Blood Diamond, Eddie Murphy for Dreamgirls, and Mark Wahlberg for The Departed. So obviously, Eddie Murphy was expected to win by everybody, including Eddie Murphy. And then he lost. Yeah, and then well, left I mean, the Oscars. He, he like won everything before yes. that, basically. Um, and, and uh, except for BAFTA. The, so he lost BAFTA. Or no, no, was he? He, he lost BAFTA, but it was after the Oscars. No, it was before the Oscars. It was like, I don't, was it? Yeah. It looked like it was after on the dates. Let me see. Um, no, because they had. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I was, I had a. No, a, yeah. A, so he wasn't nominated there because um, he, because they, BAFTA nominated him for Shrek. Yes. Legendary nomination but not for this because they, they nominated James McAvoy in supporting for his uh, hour and a half performance in The Last King of Scotland. For his leading performance in The Last King of Scotland. Yeah, in supporting. So um, Eddie, Eddie famously loses and the narrative was that he was so mad that he lost, he stormed out and like was like ungrateful. But I got to say, when I watched the clip back, he doesn't seem like he's even, he might be surprised early, but he is not angry that, that Arkin won. No, and like that, like that, type of gossip is always kind of like people are just trying to like trade in on like like his difficult persona right i'm not surprised he left because like why stay also a lot of people leave after the category exactly he had no reason to stay he had nothing else to win and so that was it he left but it comes a big thing and like everybody thinks he's mad i mean and then people also blame norbit for him norbit was the other one right so the Norbit effect. Norbit was a a terrible movie that came out in February of this year. Big hit. Uh, Big blockbuster hit. 
but people said, oh, it's going to cost Eddie his Oscar. And then the narrative is that it did. I don't believe for a second that it did. No. I don't think people care. No, no. I, I think the fact is, when I look at it now, they didn't like Dreamgirls. Yeah, so that's it. They like Little Miss Sunshine. Alan Arkin has three scenes, maybe, but he's really funny. And he won. That's why he won. That's my takeaway. Yeah, they like um, Little Miss Sunshine, Little Miss Sunshine more. And again, like we said, the performances that ensemble carries the film, like that's what makes the film great. And that's why you fall in love with it. Right. Um, so I would, uh, I have a, a long list of people I would nominate instead for a lot of these people. Number one being Jack Nicholson for The Departed. It's wild that um, Mark was the one acting nomination in here just for dropping that bombs. It is. I mean, like very entertaining in the film, but yeah, Jack should have so, been here. Jack feels like it's fraught now because like the Bill Simmons contingent thinks he's bad in it. And that's just like the wrong take. Jack is awesome in the movie. No, everyone, everyone is great in this movie. Jack is so fun, funny, hilarious performance, totally understands the character. Is it absolutely out of his mind? And it is an incredibly memorable performance. And he the reason I think he's actually should get nominated is because again, like we we're saying, whether or not they're the best performances, Leo and Matt together probably never been in the conversation for they've never been better. And I think a large part of that is that they have Jack keeping them on their toes during their scenes. Like, I think Jack was like very much, if not improvisational with his acting, like doing un unexpected things like the fake dildo, I think in the, uh, in the, the nudie scene, right. Or the, in the movie scene when Matt's there, like that, I think threw him off guard and just the way he's like slamming the hand down and all this stupid stuff that he does. And it's like great, gets great reactions from Leo and Matt. Like, I think they're legitimately like unsure of what to do with this guy. And I it's just, just an amazing I performance. just felt like even from the opening moments of the film, like just with his narration, when he's he's just like, I don't want to be a product of my environment. Yeah, I want it, my environment to be a product of me. I was like, I'm in. It's the best. It's, he's so good. I actually think he should have gotten nominated. And I think he could have won if he was. I think he's like, this is like a-, a Because he a didn't great... win for a vouchment. Yes. So he won his fourth- Oscar. Well, I have I have Martin Sheen for Departed. Love him. Great performance. Um sure. And I have Alec Baldwin for Departed. Again, fraught and canceled. But Alec Baldwin, I'd say, is actually funnier than Mark Wahlberg in the movie. He's so good. And this was a, a pre-Baldwin, like kind of ubiquitous renaissance. I feel like it was like, oh man, I like Alec Baldwin. Well, um, Dirty Rock premiered um, in 2006. Right. So it was like paying off like that fund. So good. Um, so I have Michael Sheen for The Queen. Um, I have Michael Sheen too. Also because his co-stars always get nominated for stuff and he never does. Yep. Um, and he was great as Tony Blair. Um, I have uh, Steve Carell in Little Miss Sunshine because I enjoy that. Me too. Uh, and then Stanley Tucci for Devil Wears Prada. I mean, I'm here for it. He's great. Love Nigel. He has, he has a great uh, Oscar clip when he just chastises Anne about how she just deigns to work at Runway. It's really good. Uh, all, this, uh, all of these, and I think Alan Arkin winning is great, but I think I would give it to Jack. I have to be honest, I would. I just think he's so good at it. I know well, you that's can't like, give it to Jack because he's not nominated. Here. No, I'm saying like if, he, if I was doing it. So who would you give it to of these five? I would give it to Jackie Earl Haley. I think I'd give it to Jack Earl Haley also because he's so, it's such a sad uh, 
performance it's so good but i could see why he didn't win because it just is like kind of a little too sad maybe i don't know it's just it's too like small it's just like yeah. the same way you knew that like kate wasn't winning right for it but arkin like i said is very funny in the movie he doesn't really have to do much he just gets to be an ornery old man yeah who curses and does drugs that's like a subversive thing supporting actress choice jennifer hudson wins for dream girls beautiful speech uh i found the, a lot of the the way they talk about her incredibly patronizing in the ceremony everybody's like she's an american idol loser and that just made me laugh because i'm like she's like i don't know it just feels like a lot of the 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 a-list stars like looking their nose down on like this uh former tv reality star or just kind of no was I undeniably always, winning i always felt like it was more of a dunk on um like american idol or i guess america itself for i guess I don't know but I, I mean I mean if they really had an issue with it, it then she wouldn't have won it would just be like we know they don't they weren't really into dream girls and Eddie Murphy lost right. but, but she, also had, like, she had a song she, I don't know who else she would have who else would have won here so the other nominees are Adriana Barraza for Babel Kate Blanchett for Notes on a Scandal Abigail Breslin for Little Miss Sunshine and Rinko Kikuchi for Babel yeah I mean there was like I I would of these I would have given it to Kate <laughs> I mean I think I would have given it to Kate too but I don't think Jennifer's a bad win it's, yeah it was just like she was one it, this was one of those wins that was preordained as soon as like she was cast right it's like she has this it's, it's just like Anne Hathaway in Late Miz yes that's what it felt like the other yeah. people I had written down like you said Sharika Epps for Half Nelson would have never gotten nominated but deserve it nominee I think especially because like her whole performance is with Gosling who got nominated and she's not like blown off the screen uh Emily Blunt for Devil Wears Prada Golden Globe nominee, Emily Blunt. Incredible performance. And then- They should have just done it then. So we, now we won't have to talk about when will Emily Blunt ever get nominated, so. Yes. And then I put down Julianne Moore for Children of Men because I think she's amazing. Love her and Children of Men. So good. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Anybody else? What about, are you a Vera Farmiga fan from The Departed? Yeah, that's fine. But I don't think she would have gotten nominated. No, but she, but she's also, that that would have been like an easy nomination for them because she's basically the only woman. Um, she has like the two pill scene with Leo was good. Um, I I have um, Catherine O'Hara for for your consideration. Nice. Love a spoof about the Oscars. Yep. They did not care for it. No. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> Cut too close to the bone. I also wrote down Kate Winslet for the holiday. I would have. Um, I was thinking about like her and Cameron. I would do, have done them both in lead. So Cameron, I think, is absolutely the lead, and I think you could fraud Kate in supporting, but you could do them both in lead. Like we said, this is not the strongest list. How about Beyonce for Dreamgirls? No. So Beyonce, isn't it weird watching a bag? You know, like she's just sitting in the crowd. Now there's no, Beyonce is basically like an alien. She would never be in the crowd. This whole thing, she's sitting there the whole time. I mean, to her credit, she stayed at the ceremony this past year after her performance in Compton. She came from Compton to, uh, you know, sit through the ceremony for her category. For That's her. true. Yeah. So, she but yeah, no, here me. she was, she's, she's not nominated, but she's there supporting her film and she hugs Jay hud when she wins, so. I gotta say, of the speeches, I thought Jay huds is the best of the four. I thought she it was really, really emotional. And, you know, like. Really great. What a life. Amazing life. And yeah. she remains now, kind now of amazing she's an life. EGOT winner, so. Yeah. I mean, one of the most, like, rewarded actresses and, like, now is a talk show host, I think, right? Doesn't he have a show this Yeah, fall she's gonna, she's taking over Ellen's time right. slot amazing uh and it's a good win like i mean like you said it's like one of those when it's just like i have one song i'm gonna kill the song 
and I'm gonna win an Oscar. So here's the thing in the stage production, uh, Jennifer Holiday, she she was in lead. They they like like the the roles that Jay Hud and Beyonce played, like lead nominees at the Tonys. They obviously split them up here to maximize their nomination chances. So it's like because they wanted they had Beyonce in lead. Right. Do you think? Yeah. I mean, no. Like Jay Hud would not have beaten. Helen. I don't think so either. That's what I was going to ask. I don't think so either. I think Helen was foregone conclusion. So those are our acting winners. Uh, let's see. Any anything else are down? Uh, screenplay, Joyce. So the uh, screenplay winners for this year. Uh, I tell you what, we'll do original and then adapted. Original nominees are Little Miss Sunshine, Michael Arndt, who has says he has laryngitis and does this whole speech whispering like this. And it's very strange, and it's still strange to this day. Uh, Babel, Letters from Iwo Jima. Pan's Labyrinth and The Queen. So solid scripts there. I could see, again, I understand why Little Miss Sunshine won based on like how they responded to the movie. I don't think I would pick it though, of that list. I would probably go with The Queen maybe, honestly. I would go with The Queen. I think that's like a really good movie and like great writing and Peter Morgan is a great writer. Um, but if I was if I was doing my own picks, uh, Russell Gerwitz for Inside Man would be a nominee and probably win. The movie is amazing. It's a great script. I also thought Nancy Myers for the holiday. I have Nancy for the holiday um, too. And I also have for your consideration, um, Christopher Guest and Eugene Levy. Um, Are you yeah, I, would have, I would have given this to uh, Peter Morgan. Um, right. So. Are it, you surprised that uh, Guillermo didn't get nominated, Guillermo del Toro didn't get nominated for Pan's Labyrinth? No, because I don't really consider that like a writing achievement. Right. I, I guess I just thought because they really liked it, maybe they would. No, like, so it's, it's like, well, no, he, he is like, you mean like he didn't win? Right. Yeah. Like I, I don't consider it like a, a writing achievement really. So it's, it's more like the whole, um, like it's, it's more it, like the final product. That's right. Like what I said, he wasn't, I knew he was nominated. I mean, yeah, yeah. like, Sorry. like, I don't think <laughs> they were, no, like, he wasn't, wasn't going to win for this. Like, it was obvious, like, this is, like, the consolation prize for A Little Miss Sunshine, right? Right, that's what it felt like. Would you say, who was the runner-up if you had to pick? The Queen. Yeah, me too. Um, but I would have given it to Queen. Yeah, like, I just, I have, like, issues with the Little Miss Sunshine script. It just but... is very TV, it's just a sitcom. That's what it feels like. And the, the yeah. even Michael Arndt, whether he's being, uh, you know, you, I think there's a little, uh, yeah, like, he, he credits the cast and, and, and the filmmakers more even in his speech, like, you know, I don't think the movie works without the cast. And it really yeah, does. Like they, they lifted that yeah. movie. So, you know what, they, they should have a casting award at yes. the Oscars as everyone has called for and Little Miss Sunshine should have won. Yeah, absolutely. Casting, Would have been great. Yeah, great casting. Uh, adaptive screenplay, William Monaghan wins The Departed, legendary script, the fucking best. And then his speech is like, they Valium really works, which is just awesome. Uh, I love this guy so much. The other nominees, Borat, uh, Children of Men, Little Children, and Notes on a Scandal. I, this is a really good list. I love this lineup, even if like, I don't really care about Borat, but totally fine with that nomination. And I don't know if I would say The Departed is the best screenplay here, but it's still a really great screenplay. Like, but I also love like Little Children, Notes on a Scandal, and Children of Men. <laughs> I think in this case, I, if I had a guess, I mean, obviously the part one best picture and best director and very well liked, but I think if I had a guess, the fact that it's very quotable is why it won. It's like the most quotable of these movies, even if it's yeah. not the best screenplay, it's like 
in a year yeah, like, when they're promoting like little children quotes. and notes on a scandal or I overall like better scripts. Right. I think. But in a year of, of celebrating movie quotes, I think there's few movies in recent years that have had as many uh, quotable lines as The Departed. It is but, just- And the, the also thing is like that film and also this goes with like editing and Thelma's win, like it's just very well put together. It's like, it's so complex and it's it's a long movie, but it feels short. It feels and, like it's 20 and minutes. Then, and it's like, it's heavily plotted, but you can always easily follow everything. It's like a mix of the direction and the writing and also the editing. Yes. Um, that's, a, that's what they say when uh, Marty wins for best director. They have the, uh, one of the announcers is, uh, I forget her name, Gina, right? One, uh, let me see if I have, it's in, it's in the, uh, let me see. Uh, this is great. Gina Tuttle is one of the announcers with Dom LaFontaine. such important information. That I just want to make sure I got it right. And uh, she goes, Marty, Martin Scorsese, as he's walking up, the, the line is, Martin Scorsese says The Departed is the first movie he's ever made with the plot. Like, why are we nagging Martin Scorsese after he wins his first Oscar? I know he said it himself, but come on. No, it's just like, they're, they're trying I know what to he be means. funny, but mm-hmm. like, it doesn't come off that way. No. <laughs> uh, so Departed wins. So we can talk, so Thelma Shoemaker won editing. It's her third Oscar. She wins for Departed. Absolutely awesome win. Love her so much. Joyce, I got to interview her for Wolf of Wall Street, I think, which is a, a real thrill. She's one of my She's favorites. The She's the best. I was like, I mean, it's like truly like a bucket list that I, I remember talking to her. I asked her about uh, in Goodfellas when the, the cigar is like, it's like a jump cut. It's like such a bad cut. And like, it's like an iconic bad cut. She was like, oh yeah, it was great. She's awesome. So she wins. And that's the only, outside of, like we said, Departed wins five nominees, four Oscars. So that's the only below the line nomination it wins and gets. But I was like, how did it not get Michael Bajas for cinematography and Howard Shore for score? I feel like those were the easy score nominations. score is so good. Like yeah. I would have added um, him to score and also a Little Children to score and Devil Wears Prada to score. <laughs> I had those same ones. And I also said the Prestige for score. Because what they ended up with with score is like not really that scintillating, I would say. No, with Babel one, um, Gustavo uh, Santaloya. Um, so it's very much like his Brokeback score. A lot of like- Yeah, like he eth- wins back to Ephemeral guitars. Yeah. The other nominees were Thomas Newman for Good German, which is a huge flop. Notes on a Scandal, Philip Glass, Pan's Labyrinth, Javier Norente, and Alexander Desplat for The Queen. Again, great list of composers there, but I just think like Howard Shore for The Departed, especially with it being a Best Picture winner, it's like how is that? And that on score there? is so memorable. Like you, yeah. you hear the opening notes, <laughs> and you know <laughs> that it's from. <laughs> yeah, and then also Thomas Newman should have been nominated for Little Children instead. Yes, a very strange uh, scores, and then cinematography. Like I said, Michael Bajas for for Departed absolutely should have gotten nominated. I think, and the nominees in that category are Guillermo Navarro for Pan's Labyrinth, Vilmos Zygmunt for Black Dahlia, Malima Lubetsky for Children of Men Who Should Have Won, Dick Pope for The Illusionist, and Wally Pfister for Prestige. A great list of cinematographers, again, but I just am like, how does you know, Michael Bajas- was doing thing? fine. Was that? Kiva was doing fine. He yeah. got his Oscars later. He did, but I mean, like, Children of Men is like, I think his, maybe his best work. Yeah, I would, like, I would give it to him for Children of Men, but I'm fine with him losing knowing like you know he'll he'll get his <laughs> i don't mind that he lost i'm just saying like it's his best um, i guess if i was doing this i would have knocked out vilmo sigmund for black dahlia because i don't know yeah because like children and like this is when like you know um like the they he started doing like the the single takes the yes. the 
more and that was a big deal they have the great when julia moore dies that scene is unbelievable i mean speaking of like shocking deaths like that i thought like that was more shocking than um, that was a real big shock too because she's the only she's the biggest star in the movie Uh or i mean arguably and when she gets killed it's shocking and especially the way she dies and the way they don't even cut it's so good and then the finale when it's like moving through they hide the cut so well and like the bus i think it is it gets the camera gets splashed and they kind of hide it in there it's really yeah like they just it it knows how like you know for all the talk of like editing it it lets things play yeah um but i was i was thinking like because we know that the departed did not or warner brothers did not mount a massive campaign for the departed then this is like maybe this is why it missed out on some of these other categories i think that's true because they weren't as like in your face about it they wanted to be organic they weren't gonna um drum it up and this is a quote from the same reuters article before um so it says uh, oh so just still being considered the world's top film and filmmaker by the academy blah 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 carries a cachet that directors writers producers actors and many others covet so people people typically work hard to win the award but hollywood watchers said the nearly six thousand oscar voters who are all industry professionals do not like to be told what movies are the best they want to decide on their own and the backers for departed let them do exactly that right it's a quote from william monahan it was just a decision to let the movie speak for itself unfortunately we're in a position where we have a movie that can speak for itself so you know that worked out in the end for like the major awards but i don't know maybe had they done like a little bit more campaigning for below the line stuff i don't know maybe it would have gotten more i mean i think um, it could have especially because you're not talking about like Un, like Thelma Shoemaker is like I think a A-list editor right like everyone knows her and I think Michael Bauhaus and Howard Shore are in that level too especially at the time so I don't think it would have taken much to get them nominated just on rate name recognition alone but I think if they made a little bit more of a push they would have gotten in the thing is it's like I don't think if this move if The Departed came out now like this like anti-campaign for the entire movie would not fly like Marty could get away with not doing campaigning by himself but the entire movie as a whole like they would have a campaign for it oh yeah yeah uh this is how it was positioned right after the oscars david carr was writing about the oscars legendary david carr was the carpetbagger uh carpetbagger for the new york times at the time i think and he says this is how they positioned the departed win the victory of the departed at the oscars represented many things fair tribute to martin scorsese recognition of the movie's brute force at the box office and an acknowledgement that stars not only make movies they make the movie but something else could be read between the spaces of the field leading four statues that this movie won old line hollywood studios confronted over the last few years by indifferent audiences and an insurgent collection of independent filmmakers declared dominion over the industry's crowning event do you get that sense that that's what it was that it's like hollywood striking back no, I don't think so either. Especially because Crash was like Hollywood, like big Hollywood. It felt like I know Crash is like lying, but like movie. striking back at what? Like independent movies. But Last like, year, the industry was a bystander at it. This is I'm continuing here, bystander at its own party, and was probably left to wonder how an event conceiver, studio self congratulation, had been kidnapped by a bunch of people who couldn't get a table at the Ivy if their lives depended on it. But I'm like, it's the Crash. That's a like the most Hollywood movie. Also, the year before that was when <clears throat> Lord of the Rings, or no, um, two, uh, three years before that was three years Lord, before of the Lord of the Rings. Left. And the two years before that was Million Dollar Baby, Clint Eastwood. And then Crash, which is like, I know Lionsgate, but a huge Hollywood, like, you know, movie. Basically. And also like Crash and Babel, uh, similar. 
a lot yes. of interconnected yeah. stories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was David Carr. So anyway, and what did you think of uh, the uh, Spielberg, Coppola, and Lucas giving the... I mean, we've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, we talked about it when they tried to do that with uh, the uh, Chadwick Boseman last winning. Anytime you try to manufacture these things, it's such a risk. I mean, you know, it wasn't the last category. No, I'm saying, but um, like they imagine, imagine if like Martin Scorsese, I mean, if uh, Steven Spielberg, Francis Coppola, and George Lucas are up there and they're all doing their shtick and it's Alejandro Gonzalez and Ari too. The thing is, is that he is lucky that there was not a really strong contender like Chad had in Anthony Hopkins. Because like, look at like the like, other, uh, like who was second to him? Like who was who was like a distant second, right? Inari of that, like, two? were they gonna give it to Clint again two years later? I mean, I think Inari two would be second. Um, like Stephen Frears, I don't think he was winning. Like Paul no. Greengrass, I, you know, Shaky Cam, I, I never thought he could win. I mean, like it was like pretty clear that, like Marty was gonna win, and. So, but yeah, it's, it's a risk, um, but it, it paid off. <laughs> so. And it's a great moment. It does remind me a little of when like Spike won, that whole sequence reminds me when Spike won for screenwriting for Black. Yeah. Man. And they got Samuel Sam Jackson because he's so psyched and it's like just a great moment. And, and Marty doing that as well is, is really good. And that might be the last time. Yeah. And he asked them to check the envelope. So it might be the last time he ever wins one. Killers of Flower Moon, 2023. See you at the 24 Oscars, Marty. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, I don't know. Like, he's someone who should have more than one. <laughs> I and mean, we've gone over a lot of his losses. So, it's like, like, I'm, I'm fine with him losing for Aviator and Gangs of New York. Um, like since the departed so i think one year i would have pointed to wolf of wall street wolf of wall street but he lost to quran for gravity and also probably was runner-up to mcqueen for 12 years a slave and then that would have been a tough year and then irishman i mean he still got a standing o and bong joon ho and i think bong joon ho absolutely should have won so yeah like when would he have won like since like since the departed i don't yeah, like he wasn't going to win for Hugo. <laughs> he no. won the Globe for Hugo. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, let me look. I think like Wolf of Wall Street would have been it, but it's just the wrong year. Yeah. But then it's like, so the previous year was obviously um, Life of Pi and then, you know, Argo, but no Ben. Right. So like if, I don't know. Yeah, and then the following year is Birdman. I mean, I think he just was the wrong time for Wolf and then nothing else. Silence and Irishman. And now we're waiting for Flower Moon. Yeah, like he should have, for him to have two, he should have won one of his earlier ones. He should have won for Goodfellas, like we had said. Sorry, Kevin Costner. But so, he should have won for Goodfellas. Yeah, like I'm fine with most of his losses. Uh, yeah. I don't know. So, so he can maybe he he will just remain a one-time 
it seems that way. I mean, um, I mean, I guess flower, you never know. But the problem now is, like we said, post departed, he had a little bit of a run where it was like, I don't give an F. He got Shutter Island, which is like pure melodrama, kind of like Cape Fear, like throwback. And also, as we discussed, it was like they they delayed it a little bit. And, and it was a big hit. Happened. Yeah. Then you go, sure. Then Wolf of Wall Street, I think, is in Marty and definitely DGAF mode, which is why it's so good. And then he comes back with Irishman and Silence, both two movies he spent decades on thinking about wanting to do. And both felt that way to me. I like Irishman a lot. It's like really good, but it definitely feels like less, there's a not as light of a touch as Departed on the material. And then it was just like, he was never going to win for it. Right. Anyway. And so now Kills of Flower Moon, we'll see. I, I, I'm, cur- I'm interested to see a Western from Martin Scorsese. Obviously, I love when these guys are doing the genres, like Spielberg with a musical, you know, Scorsese doing a Western basically sounds like very appealing. And, you know, he said in his speech, you know, to Leo, hopefully we can work together another 12 or 13 years, you know, 16 years later, they're still working together. Love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think that's it. I mean, so that's it. That's it. That's the departure. Is anything else here? This is the end of these, like we said, until 2023. That's also because Oscar season is starting, like yes. for real. We'll talk about even real. Though, even real though Oscar, Oscar season never ends. No, but it never ends in my heart. Maybe next year we'll go back and do the 80s. It's not as much fun because we can't talk about seeing the movies in the theaters, but uh, there's a lot more There's a lot more material and it's not as- I think it would still be more fun because it is so dated. Yeah. And then, yeah, like I've seen like several speeches um, and obviously I've seen this Snow White debacle. So. The other thing is I was thinking like, I think there, at least I feel like this, a lot of the movies from the 80s, certainly the Oscar movies are like not aged well, but then the years are incredible. Like I've seen a lot of people like doing movies of 1987, obviously, because it's like 20, 35 years. What is it? 35 years? Tell me with math again. 87 is 35. 35 years, not 25 years. Uh, And a lot of those movies from 87 are awesome. It's like Robocop, Predator, Moonstruck obviously was like an Oscar movie, but like on and on, there's like a ton of movies that are really we good. We can so, discuss Glenn Close's losses in the 80s. Yeah, maybe we do that. That'll be fun. So we could, we'll, we'll give you, so stick around to 2023. Just stay right here. We'll be back in like six months and uh, talk about that. But this is this is a lot of fun, Joyce. Uh, talk to you later. Is, we're, we're departing. We're this. departing. Uh, what is it? Act accordingly. For all things Hollywood competition and awards, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby.